Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereupon. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs. Yes, that's right. Providing high-performing teams for distributed agile development. And your host today is TC Gill. That's me, your Chief Talking Officer. Passionate about delivering authentic agile to companies for the betterment of the people, its leadership, and of course, the business itself. Profit, productivity, and creativity for innovation. The subject today is principles for the foundation of technology-driven organizations. That's herding kittens in technology. That's right. You have lots of fantastic people in your company, brains the size of planets, skills like a ninja, but they behave like playful little kittens, getting distracted, doing things they shouldn't do, and just merely running around in all kinds of directions. So how can principles help us in this respect? Is it magic? Nope. It's simple, it's basic, and taps into what can drive us as human beings. Principles can make your life easier as a leader and more straightforward, smoother even. Well, Barney, CEO and co-founder of IT Labs, is going to join me here to discuss the subject. It's a subject me and Barney are both passionate about. Our discussions here will gravitate around a book that we both love, Principles, by Ray Dalio. Principles can create powerful flow of value delivery and productivity with minimal command and control, i.e. make your life easier as a leader. Who wouldn't want that? So let's not waste any more time. Joining me here in London from the US of A via the internet is Barney. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, Barney. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm looking forward to having this uh, conversation because, as you know, principles and values are, are a really important part of how uh, how I like to work and uh, and how I like to help organisations. So, I was really intrigued. You know, when we uh, first met, actually, that this was uh, this was the thing that kind of caught each other's attention. I think it was it was principles. Principles. It was kind of love at first sight. <laughs> That's weird. Let's scrub that. Don't have to answer that, Barney. So anyhow, principles are quite powerful, right? Yeah, you really, you really can't go lower than that in the in the foundation. It's it's kind of the basis is the principles, and then everything else, and um, you can just build on it, right? Right. I'm kind of curious. What's your uh, definition? Of principles, because you know, when you speak to different people, they they say things in different ways. I'm I'm curious as to what what your definition is. I think it's um, the foundational best practices for behavior. Mm, right. I think would be the. I mean, that's a good question to ask, Mister Dalio. I guess. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can get him on one day. You know. Maybe. I think it is uh, the foundational behavior, best practices of foundational behavior, of um, in uh, and and thinking. So 
I guess is there's two sides of it. One is internal, how you process things internally and what matters to you the most. And then there is the other side, the external, how you interact with each other and how people interact with each other. So I think that's uh, that will be the uh, the two sides of of those best practices and behavior. Yeah, I, I like that. Actually, that's kind of got me curious because sometimes when you look at principles, it's about driving your behavior externally. But I guess you know there's a lot of internal thinking and processing that goes on in that. You know, principles can define how that goes, which obviously relates to uh, behavior out in the real, you know, big wide world as well. Yeah. So when, for example, if you think about the uh, act of building meaningful relationships, yes, that that's totally internal, right? Yes. Um, yes. And your approach to it. And when you talk about radical open-mindedness and radical transparency, you, you kind of have to first... Uh, you know, think that way and then you interact it with others um, yes so anyway that's that's good so so in terms of principles um obviously you know we've already uh admitted to the fact that this is a, a, an area that we're both highly interested in and can talk for hours on hopefully we'll be able to uh get some kind of interesting points out for our audience here on on the subject so you know, what, why do you think that they are important? What, what relevance do they have to you as a business leader? I think that they allow for the real raw information to come out on the surface. Right, okay. And then based on that, to be able to draw smart decisions that are logical, that make sense, that are for the benefit of the greater good. Yes. So if if a group of people has the radical transparency and openness, and then you add the believability factor on top of it, mm. then you're kind of bound for you. You kind of bound to 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 come up with what is the best for the greater good yes. decision. What is the next step that that will help company, the group, whatever the decision is. Mm. So I think that's I think that's 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 why they're important. They bring out the raw truth as, or as closest to the truth as possible. That's right. I guess that's quite kind of painful as well, you know, to 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 have those uh, what what did he refer to as um, and he refers to it in the book as well radical radical transparency, you know. Yeah. And it's and it's it's a little more than just transparency. It's being it's a proactive transparency. Yes. Um, and that's that's extremely important. So okay. So, so say more about that because um, transparency, um, proactive transparency. You mentioned. Yeah. So the way the way I understand it and the way I practice it is that you could you, you could say that a certain thing is the way it is today. Yes. And that's great. But the radical um, transparency or radical open-mindedness means to also bring out the implications of why certain things being certain way today. So if I just say the state of the uh, coronavirus is X amount of uh, people being sick and so many deaths and so on, then, but what does that really mean for the economy? So if I have an expertise in the economy, 
the radical open-mindedness or radical transparency would say, well, it's not only the, the, the disease stats that, that are matter for my expertise, but also the economical uh, implications. And then somebody who's in IT can say, well, the IT implications of this. And somebody who's in HR can say, well, the sure. HR. So, so I think it's, it's um, foreseeing um, certain facts about your domain that others cannot see and being able to be radically open-minded regardless of the consequences. Yes. So that is the I the think key that's really important, isn't it? element here yes. is regardless of the consequences. So the consequences sometimes can be against your favor. Yes. Not in your favor. So, and that is where the, uh, the radical transparency goes to benefit the greater good and now not your your benefit necessarily. Yes. And that's the big difference. And yeah. that mindset is, it's extremely um, proactive, it's radical, it's yes. hard. It is. It has to be embedded in the culture and which is why, why um, Ray Dalio took decades to have the team embrace certain values and then analyze what really worked and then try to enforce that or promote that and then get the culture going and then to consider writing about it once they actually turn out to be useful and truthful and so on. And so it took, yes. it took a long time uh, through the um, implementation yes. of the values internally before you see really the benefits of it and you can claim them as 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 truthful and, and they, they, and they, they work. worked and best practices and so on so, and so on so, yeah. so i mean i mean it's a fascinating book as as uh, you know uh, I, i'm looking to read it uh, again for the second time in terms of the kind of principles that uh, he has outlined in his book uh ray has outlined in his book do, do you see that they uh, apply to you and your organization as is out of the out of the box or do you do you kind of adapt and uh, you know, reshape them in some way. Well, the benefits as a as a standalone apply to any organization, I think, more or less. And and it's not a coincidence that the book is titled "Work and Life" because I think they are applicable in in personal life as well. Um, but I think each organization needs to look at their state of the culture and their state of the values before they see. What is that gap they need to close, or where where in each areas they they can be valuable and contribute contribute to the growth, right? Yes. So I think that um, any organization can implement them. Any organization can benefit from them. Just a matter of how how that's done. Yes. Um, for us, I believe that it was more important to uh, to show that it's achievable in your lifetime. Kind yes. of thing because yes. it was really funny. You talk about these these terms that seem very abstract and seem like some somehow alien, somehow extremely hard or impossible to achieve. And they're like, really radical transparency? Am I going to get fired? <laughs> yes, yes, right. <laughs> and, and you're like, no, no, no. You're not. Gonna, here's a mechanism as to how we're going to handle this. And you're not going to get fired. And well, really, really, can can we really be? be that transparent like how can we think about it uh long term and how can we really like make sure that that um there is no 
the extreme bad consequence the other, yes. on the other side of the spectrum, right? So therefore, we kind of created this character. And this character that we gave her a name, yeah, it's a she, we gave her a name. So now you have this example of an individual that has embraced those principles and, and is acting accordingly. Mm. So now every time we have to uh, refer to the principles, we would say, well, what would she say? Yes. So it makes it seem achievable and close. And it's right there. She's right there. It's a, it's a, it's a printout in like real size. And she's yes. sitting in the office. Yeah. And every time you want to have a conversation where you need to incorporate the principles and, and you need to remind people, she's right there looking at you. Yes. So I thought, I thought that that was a really cool adaptation or implementation uh, technique mm. to the, uh, to the, to the, I guess, to the idea that they're not hard to implement and that you can create a culture yes. of idea um, meritocracy internally. Sure. So for the purpose of the audience, this she that you're talking about, do you have a name for her? Would you like to share that? Well, our logo is a dolphin, so we called her Dolphina. Dolphina, <laughs> love it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, when I did the workshop, you know, I named her Mary, uh, but you know, <laughs> it, it, it really doesn't matter yes. what you call her as long as um, as long as you uh, you refer to her quite often as as often as you need it, yes, and not forget about her. Um, she could have ended up in the storage, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's a great sign, right? So she's needed and she's valuable, and that's 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 great. So I think that that's one thing too. To kind of you know find find what are those gaps or or missing pieces that prevent the culture to inherit them as as a, as a set of principles, and then go after it and try to figure out what is how can people feel closer to the principles, um, and then how can you speed up that uh, that process of embracing yeah, those yeah. principles. I, I, I love the uh, kind of creative approach you've taken to to kind of bring them to life, you know, kind of personify them, embody them in something that people can talk about. I mean, obviously, um, you know, it's going to be uh, audience members out there going to think, you know, this is kind of pretty wacky stuff, you know, but it has an impact. Okay, here's an interesting thing, right? So you say, you, you do a workshop and then you say, okay, so today I'm going to tell you a little bit about the principles and then you start listing the principles and and people are like oh well you know you're talking about a perfection here like this perfect persona yes and i'm like okay well let's scratch that take three steps back and let's 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 analyze you so you tell me where do you see yourself in three years or what 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 would you like to achieve in life and then they list pretty much all the gaps that they have in order to achieve a persona that is similar to the persona yes. that inherited the principles and then some. So, so it's like when they're trying to achieve uh, or, or improve themselves, they're kind of exceeding the uh, expectations of a persona that just inherited the principles and sure. not, not more than that because you have other things people have desires in sports, losing weight, this and that. It's just it's not just the principles with when you're talking about people's aspirations, right? So when they're listing all of their aspirations and where they see themselves when they grow up, whatever that means for them, right? <laughs> yeah. You end up having a lot more yeah. 
uh, desire for their achievement than just the principles you started talking. So it's extremely interesting yeah. um, to see to see that comparison. I think that's how we bridge the gap uh, by talking about both. Where what are your aspirations? Well, here are the principles is actually a third of what you just listed here. Yes, yeah. Um, so Delfina is really a a persona combination of of aspirations that incorporate the principles, but there's also other elements that the team thought that that person should have, such as, um, you know, work-life balance, yeah. um, mindfulness, um, wellness, and, and so on and so on, which which are all the things that even few years ago were like taboo in some environments. And, and nowadays, we're, we're all talking about mindfulness and meditation, at, even at, at work, taking breaks, and so on and so on, sure. which I think are extremely important. So when you're talking about the principles, I think it's a very important that that people need to embrace them, not replace them, yeah. you know, with with other aspirations that they have. And and that's part of the uh, acceptance criteria, I think, for, for people is that they need to see it as as in addition to what they're trying uh, yes, to achieve, and, not yes. something that's disruptive. That's right. You, know, you yeah. can't present it as something that is disruptive and say, well, from now on, you're going to be radically transparent but wait I, i'm anyways doing that yes. oh okay yes yeah that's right <laughs> like, you know you, you kind of have to just you kind of have to focus on the gaps yes in order to get have them really uh embrace it properly and not think that this is something that's that's gonna be a, a radical change in what what they're doing yes in one way or another, we all want to have openness, transparency, and proactiveness, yeah. and so on. Because so a lot, a lot of these things uh, actually seem quite fundamental to to many environments. I mean, for example, you mentioned in Iran, you know, this stuff can apply in your kind of personal life as as much as your um, you know work life. In fact, uh, some of the best principles I've seen are ones that actually relate very, very nicely in both kind of arenas. Um, so, so I've got a curious question for you, Barney, actually. So you talk about radical transparency. How does that work out in your kind of personal relationships? Does that, does that apply? Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> right. So. You know, the, the danger there is losing a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, being radically transparent, you got to have um, a mutual, mutual respect. And, uh, but there is this author... Isaac Adizis, and he's a, a very, very prominent uh, thinker and consultant and helped a lot of governments and so on. And, and he said that the basis of any transformation is um, mutual honor and respect. And I think that the mutual honor and respect from, from his um, transformational strategies and techniques are extremely important to implementing the the principles so there's got to be a mutual respect and, yeah. and honoring person's opinion when discussing about believability factor you can't just say you know well you don't matter only this person matter sure that person has a higher believability factor for the topic at hand yes but that doesn't mean that the other person doesn't have a value in a different area sure. and this may seem like a you know a really um basic understanding of things but in practice that's very very tricky yes because people get offended very easily and and you can easily demotivate somebody uh by them understanding you the wrong way 
if you are not careful how you present the believability factor. Yes, that's right. So uh, again, for the uh, uh, in service of the audience out there, uh, many of you might have actually read the book. So the believability factor, describe that in a little bit more detail. So one person has a believability, high believability factor if he or she are A, have done this before a few times mm-hmm. and or they can articulate the problem and a solution and or a solution in a very logical manner that makes sense to everyone else. Yes. So in other words, the wisest in the group or the ones that on or the one that has done this multiple times already yes. has a higher believability factor. Yeah. So back to your question, how does that work in my life? I really I really learned to just say, I have not done this before. So who else has done who else in this group has done this before? Because yes. I have no clue. And when you say I have no clue, then you are empowering other people to say, well, I have an idea. Beautiful. Yes. Versus say, well, you know, I'll tell you what to do because my yes. title or role or whatever. Yeah. It's just, it just, um, it's just very different dynamic. Yeah. And uh, I know this, this is very basic stuff and people are like, yeah, die. You know, why, <laughs> why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? Right. But really, when you're trying to solve a, a problem and when you're in the midst of things, we very often forget about the honor and respect and the and the packing order and the principles and so on. So you kind of have to remind yourself to look at Delfina or whoever else is the uh, yes your your persona and and just uh, make sure that uh, you're reminded of the principles. Yeah, um, it's not easy to do in the day to day. It's easy to like theorize about it and discuss it like this and you know yes but really in reality is it's tough yeah yeah i can imagine it kind of slips from uh, from your radar and you kind of go back into your kind of automatic your autopilot uh, and, and run with uh, instinctive behaviors you know because they're conditioned they're there and, and, it's, and it's and it's easy you know it's, it's the easy thing to do um so yeah so obviously principles apply uh, in your kind of personal life, in your work life. We've talked about radical transparency and, and being able to speak to the principles. And, and in fact, uh, I, obviously the audience can't see this, but you've got uh, an image of uh, Dolphina behind you there. I just kind of spotted. <laughs> Hi, Dolphina. And, exactly. Uh, okay. She's there. She's there. And, uh, and she obviously plays a big uh, part in your organisation. So I'm curious as to how, what difference this made to your organization then. I mean, did you see it, there was a kind of a, a big change very quickly when you kind of introduced the idea of principles and being able to kind of talk openly about them, uh, people adding to them? I think, I don't know if Mr. Dahlia would, would agree with me, but just having the awareness of them is, is half the work, I think. Um, and we really haven't been practicing them like, as long as they have before they were able to identify them as such and then nurture them and so on and so on. So I really cannot claim that success A or B or C is as a result of that, but I can definitely see a different dynamic in decision-making, which which definitely has less friction and more productivity and creativity. And I think that, which indirectly 
improves productivity is that people have evolved uh, individually a little more. Right. And I think that ultimately translates to higher productivity. Beautiful. It's just that I, I will not and I cannot and it probably won't happen that I can see a, a radical, visible um, kind of uh, result that you can say, well, this specific deal was signed because of ABC or principle. I think it's the overall productivity, mm. less friction, more enjoyable working environment, yeah. creating the meaningful relationships. I mean, integrity was our number one value since the inception. Yes. So, you know, it, I, I think that we were we were dancing around the concepts, like I think most organizations are. They're based on similar principles, um, similar values. Mm. However, I think that overall it will improve decision making. Yeah. It will make us all more evolved. Yeah. And more mature and more respectful for clients and and coworkers. Not that we're not, but bringing that awareness and being proactive about it, it's a it's a very different dimension. Yes. Again, it sounds like a basic thing. But it's really hard to achieve that in the day to day. Yeah. Um, when you're juggling phone calls and you know things are happening and you gotta deliver and deadlines and this or that, you know, I think people are underestimating the level of complexity there. Yeah, yeah. And it, and I, you know, hence a book about it. It's not something that you know comes out of the box. So I think that long term we'll see a lot of good things happening out of it, and uh, that are just for increased productivity. Yes. Overall. Yeah. I, I, I kind of um, speaking to some of your uh, your kind of people in your organisation, you can get a sense of there is a different dynamic there. I, I, I have to confess, there's, there there seems to be a lot of respect uh, between people, which I which I love, and uh, and that and that feeling. Of, it's a very subtle kind of openness. You can be who you are. You know, there's this whole th- uh, ability to be authentic. There's no uh, need to put on you know, a, a show or prove anything, uh, which which is, uh, you know, a, a breath of uh, fresh air in the organisation. And I can imagine, you know, having these discussions, it kind of opens up the, the, the possibility of, of exploring, you know, what these values means, how they show up, when they're not showing up, what that looks like. And also, uh, I'm quite interested in how, you know, when things do kind of go a little bit curly at the edges and things get tough and, and, and people kind of lose... Uh, those principles, you know, recovering back to them quickly. Do, do you find that people recover back to them quickly now that you've spoken about them uh, and they're in the space discussed? This is a, this is where the awareness needs to come in full speed. Mm. So if if you have an awareness about them and they're part of the underlying culture, yeah, then yes, yeah. If you don't, then it's rough. Yes. Um, you go back to, you know, the good old-fashioned way of handling situations. And, you know, people take a lot of things personally. Mm. And on every side, the side of the spectrum, you know, delivery, management, leadership, clients. So promoting that understanding that we're all fighting for the same cause, regardless what the consequence is and that, Whatever the personal consequence is there is not as important as the greater good. Yes. 
then you have that awareness for problem solving. Yes, right. Using the principles. Yeah. It's, it's um, I mean, coming back to the title of this, uh, the webinar, you know, we've got a reference to herding the kittens, you know. Um, I, 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 I love that analogy because sometimes it feels like that in organizations where you've got these, all these cute little kind of kittens running off in different directions doing their own thing. And you want to herd them. You want to bring them to a point where they uh, they start to uh, deliver the value that the organization sees. They're not, they're not uh, playing against each other. They're playing together, you know. Uh, do, do you do you find that uh, these principles have aligned your your kittens? And uh, I hope uh, hope your staff don't mind being referred to as kittens. By the way, <laughs> no, I think it's a great analogy because kittens. It's hard to <laughs> right. It's hard yeah. to get them to do what you want them to do, and I have two of them. So <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, it is like that, and it's and it's a constant. Um, reminder constant work but you know you know what it's good to have constant work i think that's extremely important because if you don't then there is no improvement there is no moving forward there is no reevaluating and then being better so it's tough to it's tough to um just say here's here's the principles they're right here on the board on the wall or wherever and then you gotta, you yeah. gotta obey. Yes, if, right. I mean, if it wasn't, if it was like that, then you know, a lot of things in the in this world would be a lot simpler. But uh, <laughs> there is a very big difference from, you know, announcement to implementation, and that implementation is something that you kind of need to engrave uh, whatever you want to achieve in everyone's DNA. Sure. And that is where that culture comes into play. Uh, so I was very, very pleased to see that um, after the, the the last workshop that we did, the team on on their own initiative created this persona. I oh, wasn't wow. even part of it. I found out after the fact, after they've, they've printed it out, gave it a name and put it in the office. Wow. I had no idea. And they <laughs> said, well, well, let's introduce you to our new member. Oh, wow. And there she is. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's amazing. Did you cry? Did it, did it bring um, a tear to your eye? Uh, yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, uh, but then the next thing that happened afterwards was even better. And that is that they wanted to redefine the corporate values. I was like, well, wait a minute. That, you know, oh, wow. It's not something you just, you know, you just discuss all the time. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And HR says, I, I have the believability factor here. I said, absolutely, you do. Yeah, right, okay. And she's like, well, let's reevaluate them, you know, and we can go back and read them once a year and see if we need to do something about it. I was like, all right, that's that's great. So, Beautiful. yeah, let's do that. Um, so, you know, so going back to the kittens, I think, you know, there's treats there. And all kittens get around the treats. So you shake the box with the treats and they come around. So if you show them the greater good and if yeah. you show them the benefit and you constantly remind them of it, you know, that's how you hurt kittens, yeah. wolves, you know. Yes. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. I love that energy, uh, analogy. So next time I see you uh, shaking a jar of something, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I know what yeah. that's about. Yeah. And... Um, and, and I guess, in a way, you know, um, 
I always find it interesting when, when I work in, you know, with uh, clients and, and organizations of how we can make the job of people's, you know, people's lives easier. Um, and I imagine this makes your life easier, you know, uh, would, would you say that's true? Not in the beginning, but yes, that that's supposed to make your life easier. And um, when you have when you have the rules of engagement already set, and when you have them implemented, then you can expect a certain outcome. You can expect that they're not going to argue and call you to solve the problem. You can expect that they're going to follow the believability, radical transparency, the idea meritocracy. All of that combined and come up with the best decision possible with or without you. Now, wow. if if you need to c- deliver value because believability factor is more on your side, then you'll get a phone call, right? Or you're going to get a request for, for taking part in that particular debate. But, but you can expect that uh, everything else should fa- fall in its place. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, that's superb. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and actually, uh, relating this back to our podcast um, last week uh, with Manoj Khanna uh, around business agility, what what you described a minute ago, coming back to the um, to the corporate um, corporate values uh, that you described a second ago, um, and and being able to review them based on where you are here and where you are now, and and adjusting them, you know. Uh, I thought thought that was a beautiful piece because it's you're adapting to the the current situation where the organisation is right now and meeting it where it is right now, and uh, so was you quite surprised at how they adapted those um, those corporate values? Uh, yeah, and you know one thing about the corporate values is that they really are supposed to come out of from the inside of the organisation, and they're supposed to come out of the leadership's beliefs. Mm. So it's almost like the question, what do I believe in? What do you believe in? Yes. Um, and get the leadership around and say, well, what do we all believe in? That's a common denominator. Um, so when you discuss about that, then you don't have to come up with the values. You have to interpret them the way you feel them. Yes. And the question here was, do we define the values in what we believe or we define the values as what we are striving for? So you have from one hand, you have that set of values that employees should be or team members should be looking for to evolve into. And then you have things that are defined as such that are existing in, within the organization. Okay. And there was a little conflict there. I, I got to be honest. And I think that the end, we combined them in such a manner so that they can achieve both in the same time. Yes. And we had to come, come up with actual analogy and description for each value as to how we see that value existing and being proactive about it in trying to do more off. For example, uh, work-life balance, wellness. That's yes. one of our values. So you got you to gotta incorporate some kind of a work-life balance. And there had to be context around it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and as I say, I, I, I see this actually playing out in the organization. And I love the fact that, um, you know, uh, as was one of the co-founders um, and CEO of uh, IT Labs, you, you allowed um, 
people to uh, meet you, you know, in deciding what these were, to really meet you. And yeah, I, th- I think that's really brave of you to, to do that. I, I imagine that hopefully there's um, other leaders out there that are open to this kind of idea and the value that it brings by creating that space for people to come forward and present what they think is good for the whole, you know, uh, of the organization. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the, the compliments. I, I think that organizations that, that are smaller, uh, that don't have too much too many layers and um, too many processes, they can be more nimble in implementing something like this. While organizations that are bigger, it's a little harder. It takes work. It takes outside help to do this. Yeah. And I think that consultants are incorporating these principles slowly within transformational and other strategies for bigger organizations. Yes, yes. You just have to. You just have to. Yeah. So um, I'm kind of mindful of time. I mean, I could talk about this for hours and hours, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating subject. So in terms of, um, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, something that you want to give to the, to our audience out there. Is there any, any tips that you want to leave them with? Yes, sure. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Uh, There is a lot of tips. Um, I guess what is the, what is the right one? So yes, I think that it's extremely important that we view the principles not only as something that we need to impose on the team and demand, but rather try to incorporate it within ourselves first Mm -hmm. so that when your peers, your leadership team, sees the changes that you have incorporated that are in turn benefiting them that is far faster adoption of the principles than if you start talking about them as something that needs to be part of the organization no matter what. Yeah, I like that. And I'll give you an example. If you start saying, I don't know anything about this, or I think we can get help here because my believability factor is lower. Or if you say, if you're radically transparent and say, I'm sorry to be transparent this much, but you know, it's for the benefit of organization and I screwed up or, you know, you start turning the principles on yourself. Yeah. It's going to be far more effective and powerful adoption than anything else yes and being honest at any cause does not dilute your value even though in some cultures that is perceived as such yes so admitting fault sometimes in some cultures could mean that you're not suited or strong enough or capable enough to lead yes and that's completely wrong. And there is a, a gazillion um, strategies out there, leadership um, strategies and, and leadership training that that de- that defines the new age of leader as someone that that teaches and mentors and helps and and so on and so on. And so this is not something new. It's part of the the new wave of of, of leadership that's out there. However, it's extremely important that anyone starts from themselves first as a leader and then 
tries to incorporate something with the with their team to try to to try to incorporate a strategy or principles within their team yeah far far more effective yeah and uh, and i guess you know that that benefit to to the person the individual bringing it to life in themselves is huge as well not just for the people out there it's a it's a it's a win-win and uh, I, I can quite honestly say from my own personal experience when uh, when i brought principles into the way i was showing up uh w- was huge for myself you know and uh, and funny enough uh, my leadership became much more improved so well that's a fascinating subject barney I, I don't know if there's anything else you more want to add um uh this uh you know i i recommend the uh, audience read the book principles by ray dahlia and um and send us any questions or uh, insights that you have uh, on the subject i'm sure barney would be more than happy to to uh interact and respond absolutely. i know i am you know and uh, absolutely so thank you barney thank you tc much live appreciated lo- great topic lo- okay take care my friend bye-bye you too bye-bye CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs.